You're listening to Tottenstown. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Titans Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Staggs. Thanks for tuning into the show today. We're excited to get into it, even though there's not that much going on uh, with the Tennessee Titans right now or around the NFL at all, other than the ESPN's top 10 list, which was a little bit laughable. Um, but before we get into the show, I want to let you know to go and follow us on social media. That really helps us out a lot. Keep up with us on there. The two that we're most active on, on Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Facebook, you can find us under Titans time. And then we're also on Instagram, Titans time podcast. Tyler, let them know how they can support the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, if you're listening on to the audio version, make sure you go subscribe, rate five stars, leave us some comments. Going to be honest, guys, our, our comments are kind of dry on there. But if you're on YouTube... Especially on our last video, man, the comments were flying around like crazy, and there were some pretty good comments and some good back and forth. I really enjoy it. I think you just like reading my responses to these people. So I just sometimes I think it's funny how you, personally you take some of the comments. Sometimes no, just but, and, no, but, I, no but, I know, I know, but sometimes it's just funny because you just it's like I'm like man, and then it's like that another one will pop up, and I'm like. <laughs> What is what is happening? Like my phone won't even load the comments sometimes as many as as going on there. But I have talked to you about this. I'm not actually taking any of these personal. I'm just I'm having fun with them because it's just some interaction back and forth. Nothing's really going on right now. We're waiting for training camp to start up. So, you know, it's just fun to have that little back and forth and maybe see some other people get riled up. But if you're on YouTube, if you haven't already, go down hit that red subscribe button, turn it gray. That little bell with the things on the side, make sure to hit it. That way you never miss when we upload a video. Like the video, share the video, and like we talked about, go down, leave some comments on the video. We really appreciate it, and it helps us out a lot. Like I said, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, I know there's definitely not that much going on uh, with the team right now, but we still got a lot to talk about just because we can always come up with something to sit down here and just talk back and forth about and we're good at bullshitting basically what you're saying pretty much but in, <laughs> in a way that hopefully is entertaining at least um so today we thought we would get on here and we're gonna look through the roster a little bit talk about some guys that might surprise uh fans this season either good or bad and then once we get through that we're gonna go uh and we're gonna talk about some other teams maybe that we're interested in seeing this season other than the titans obviously um, just because of maybe some off-season moves that they've made, some new players they have, um, just teams that we're interested to see how things work out for them this next season. And then also obviously want to mention the ESPN top 10 quarterback list because Ryan Tannehill absolutely just got snubbed, disrespected, overlooked, um, just a million different ways to put it, but definitely disrespectful in my opinion because – We'll we'll save it for later, yeah, towards say, the end of the show. Look, you, you're getting all worked up right now. I, I feel like you're taking this one personally. We'll save yeah. it for later, towards <laughs> the end of the show. So I want to get into talking about some players that we think, um, which obviously ours are probably not going to match up because we just don't agree on anything. But um, some players that we think could surprise fans this season, either good or bad. 
Uh, so I guess either above or below, who could play above or below expectations? Is there anybody that comes to your mind when I bring that up immediately? Uh, when you bring it up, I think the first one that comes to mind for me is probably Kevin Byard. And I know that may be kind of a generic answer just because he had a down year last year compared to what he's done before that. And I think that's going to set him up for an extremely good year this year just because last year there was a lot of communication problems in our secondary. We've totally changed our secondary except for him and you know we assume that Amani Hooker is going to get a lot more playing time this year. So those are the only two guys that had significant playing time last year that are back for the secondary. So, you know, I think that he's going to be set up to come back, and I think he may have the best year of his career so far. So, I mean, it's relative to the way that Kevin Byard has, you know, fans have expected Kevin Byard to come out and play in seasons past because obviously he's a leader on the defense, and right. he's one of the guys that, you know, recently – I would recently I say just because his career really I mean he has some years under his belt but has not necessarily been all that long but right. people see him as that guy that is a veteran and he he is compared to other players on the defense and you know he's been with the team a lot longer than than many people on the Titans defense um do you think that expectations for this next season are going to be higher or lower than fans have had for him in the past I think, I mean, I do think they're going to be higher. I think that he's going to meet those expectations and maybe go above and beyond them. But, I mean, they, they have to be higher. When you have a bad year like last year or a down year like last year, um, you know, and fans were expecting more from you, then if you come out this year and have another bad year, then really – especially with the money he's making. Heads start to be put on chopping blocks at that exactly. point. So even even like, if you are Kevin Byard, even if you are the mayor of Murfreesboro, whatever it, you might want to call you, or whatever fans have called you in the past, whatever you might want to think that you are at this point in time, the NFL is, as I've well, a lot of people and me have always said, what have you done for me lately? And if Kevin Byard has another bad season, it might be time to start questioning whether or not he needs to stay a Titan. And that is what could happen if he has another bad season. And obviously, we're we're big Byard fans. We were praising him last season, thinking that you know he was going to come out, have a big year last year. We were wrong last year, but I have faith in him this year. And it's not like he was just absolutely terrible yeah, exactly. last season. He just didn't live up to what his contract is currently showing well, he mean, should be even we've seen him dropping some would-be interceptions that years past he probably would have had and it's like we see him getting beat on different routes and you know where you can tell that he's the one that got beat and it's just like just occasional breakdowns in the secondary that typically wouldn't happen in you know a normal year where Kevin Byard is playing at the top of his game Right, and you're like, okay, what's what's off? And again, communication has a lot to do with that. So, because if 
the coverages aren't getting communicated, then it can be one of those things where it looks like it was his fault for the breakdown in coverage, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe they were trying to communicate, hey, we need to change this. You know, you're taking him or you're taking this zone and the person doesn't get the message. So they miss out on it and he's having to try and recover and cover their ass. And then we also obviously can't act like he was in any sort of a favorable favorable situation at all last season. I mean, obviously the Titans defense was just an absolute shit show and that obviously doesn't help his situation, you know? And then you throw in the fact that the off season was completely different. Um, just the fact, a hundred different factors, honestly, there that could have led to him not playing as good of a season. And so obviously you just hope that he completely turns it in a 180 and blows everybody's expectations out of the water. Right. And again, everyone I believe is expecting him to come back and have that good year, like I said, but you know, it may be hard for him to go beyond that, but I think he will at least meet those expectations. I would say, you know, everybody almost except for maybe Amani Hooker and then there might be another couple of names that you could throw in there were probably for the most part, as far as starters go and main players on the defense, just because of the fact that they were so terrible last season under expectations, just generally speaking. They they performed under expectations yeah. for last year? Or yeah. are you saying coming into this next no, year? No, they, they were under expectations last year just because of how terrible the defense was as a whole. And production numbers were just down all across the board for pretty much, generally speaking, most of the defense. And so you hope the guys that are coming back are going to be able to turn that around. Right. I mean, and just with the way that our defense was totally revamped this offseason, I mean, yes, we admit, everyone in the comments from our last video, our defense was shit last year, especially our third down defense. We couldn't stop anybody. I mean, it. we admit that it is what it is, but – this is not the same defense. Like, coming into this year, this is not the same defense as last year. I mean, I feel like the scheme is going to be totally different. We're going to be getting up, playing physical with receivers at the line of scrimmage. And I think that having a full offseason that's mostly back to normal will help as far as communication and everything else. Not going to make the excuse that, you know, for last year that, oh, well, they didn't have a normal offseason, this and that, because it was like that all around the league. I mean, you had teams had to adjust to that. And unfortunately, with the communication aspect and really not having a defensive coordinator named last year, I feel like it just kind of messed a lot of things up with that. And as far as the defense for this next season goes – in my opinion, it's either it's either going to be hit or miss, honestly. Because you have last year's defense, which obviously what happened last season could not happen again, or there's no way that the Tennessee Titans would have any shot of making a deep playoff run. You can't do that with a defense like they had last season. I mean, and, you, you literally turn it to your offense and say, okay, we've given you another weapon. You have to go just outscore. Exactly. So they just – literally almost everything has changed. It's a complete revamp, like you said. I mean, it's literally 
like, you know, the Titans were, you know, they had a dessert going. And, you know, it comes out of the oven and they're like, you know, something's not right. Instead of making a little adjustment, adding a little bit of sugar, they just completely threw it out and just started with a whole <laughs> new recipe. So it's going to be hit or miss. It's either going to be, you know, edible or it's going to be another one that you have to throw out. Uh, I will disagree a little bit there because I think neither one of us are going to say that after last year and after. So you having- think that there's no chance that the defense is as bad as it was last season? With all of the new concoctions and everything that was, has, has been thrown into this situation, the new faces, the new defensive coaches, the everything new almost across the board. I don't think so simply because I feel like we have more guys on our defensive line now that and coming off the edge that are hungry to prove something and that aren't going to take plays off or take a whole season off. Essentially, I think that and, you could have said the same thing about the defensive line last season, though. But, Bef- before but you, the season started, I think you could have said the same thing but, because you got Vic Beasley, who needs to revitalize his career, so but, he's driven more we, than ever. We seen, and then you have Jadavion hey, Clowney, who is you know coming off of injuries, and he's proven that he can play a full season, and you know he needs to come in and okay, prove that hey, he can well, be well, the guy on the defensive line. Hold, hold up, let me finish my point. The reason that I'm knocking those out is because you have Vic Beasley, who we kind of figured out from the start wasn't going to show up for practices and things like that. Like he was show, no one could hear from him. Then you have Jadavion Clowney, who yes, we hopped on the Clowney hype last year. We did, but before we done that, we mentioned how he likes to take plays off when he actually goes full speed and is given his all on plays. Yes, he can wreck plays. And we only seen that about once or twice every game last year that he was actually able to play in. But we made note before we ever completely hopped on the clowny train that there was a possibility, you know, we weren't big on him coming in because he took plays off. So now coming back to this year, we have Bud Dupree, who, yes, he's coming off of an injury, but we see that he's putting in work. And when you go back and look at film on him, he doesn't take plays off. He gives 110% every play that he's out there. So I feel like that is an improvement from Clowney because you can look back at film on Clowney and tell times where he wasn't going 100%. He wasn't giving it his all. Then we have Danico Autry, who, going back to comments from this previous video we done and podcast, you know, some Colts fans are like, "Oh yeah, y'all just y'all think he's the best defensive lineman ever." No, we we haven't said that. We said that with the pieces he had in Indianapolis, it allowed him to have a really good season last year. Now coming to Tennessee, we have other pieces around him that set him up for another really good season. And I feel like the attitude that he brings, he's ready to go. He's hungry. He's not going to take plays off. So that's what I'm getting at is when just when you look at our defensive line, there's a different mentality there. Then we had Adoree with injuries last season. Kept him out pretty much all season. Then when he finally did come in, he didn't want to he didn't really want to put his hands on receivers. You could de- tell that, you know, maybe something was off with his speed or something else. 
but he didn't want to really hit anybody. Now we have one corner that was actually wanting to be physical, and that was Malcolm Butler. Caleb Farley, yes, we're not sure what's necessarily going on with his back. We think that he's going to be healthy come season. But you go back and look at him in college, he's a big physical corner. He's going to put his hands on receivers, try and knock the rhythm off on the line of scrimmage. Jackrabbit, he's going to do the same thing. I mean, more times than not, he's either going to make a play on the ball, on the ball, or he's going to get penalized for pass interference. But either way, the receiver's going to know that he's there. So those are the changes that I feel like just makes a big difference for this defense. I'm not sitting here saying that I want to get this out there right away. I don't believe that they're going to be a top 10 defense. I don't because there are a lot of new faces. They have to get everyone up to speed. But with the changes that they've made and the attitude and how physical it looks like they want to play this next year, I just don't see them being as bad as last year. I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack defense. I'm just saying that I don't think you can completely count out the fact that they could still be as bad or close to as bad as they were last season. And now I don't necessarily, if I had to put, you know, money on whether or not they would be better than, or whether or not they would be as bad as the defense last season, I would, I wouldn't put money on that, but I'm just saying, I don't think you can completely count out that scenario because you never know when you bring in all these new faces and you have so many things that are just new I just don't think you can completely count out the fact that things chemistry-wise might not work out. Um, There's a number of different factors there that could lead to that defense not being any better. There are, but one positive coming into this year is they are going to have training camp where everyone's together. Then you're going to have a full preseason. So things like that, little things like that, can go a long way in helping this team build that chemistry before the regular season and before you get, you know, deep into the season. So that's why I think you'll I don't see them being as bad. But we've kind of went from just talking about certain players to the whole defense. So let's exactly. get back to certain players here. So in my opinion, one guy that I think is probably gonna exceed everybody's expectations. I think um I think people are going to probably have pretty low expectations for this guy relative to how everyone felt about him last season. And I think that he's just going to blow him out of the water, and that's Harold Landry. Okay. Now, the reason that I think that is because last season, Harold Landry was one of the best edge rushers on the team, one of the best pass rushers on the team. I mean, which, even when Clowney – Which is kind of sad considering how our edge – how our edge rushers performed last year. Even with Clowney, I mean, once he came on the team and there was all the hype surrounding him, I still would have said Harold Landry might still be the best pass rusher on the team. Even when the, before the season, when all the Clowney hype was building up, everyone was talking about, you know, how good he is, how good he can be. And, you know, I still think, not even me, but, you know, a number of other people probably would have still said, I think that Harold Landry might still be the best pass rusher on the team. Well, now he had a 
pretty bad season last year, even after having a huge workload, huge workload from the 2019 season, huge workload from the 2020 season. He had nine sacks in 2019, which was a good season, mm-hmm. and everyone expected him to come out and put up that double digits. But he only had five and a half sacks. So now you have all these new shiny faces that are, you know, the big names. You've got Bud Dupree coming in. You've got Danico Autry, and then you still have Jeffrey Simmons. And, you know, I just think it's easy to forget about Harold Landry. And all this does, all having all these all, new guys on the line, all that does is open up opportunities for him. I still think he could be up there around that 9-10 sack range and, you know, kind of shock people. Now, this is another guy that I'm going to say, kind of like we mentioned with Kevin Byard, if he doesn't come out and show something this year. It's a make or break season for him. It is because you mentioned the names, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Danico Autry. When you have those other guys that make up our line and our pass rushers, Harold Landry, he's not going to be seeing double teams. I don't think he's seen that many double teams last year. And he still had a down year. Like he just he couldn't get to the quarterback as consistently. So it's again one of those things where he has to kind of come out and have that big year or a really, I guess, decent year. Or he could be gone. Because if you're seeing single coverage and you're wanting to be one of the top pass rushers in the league, you have to be able to beat that single coverage. Yeah. Like that single blocker, you have to be able to get around him. And, you know, it's – that's kind of my thoughts on that is he's – I just wonder if he's going to feel a lot of pressure on himself this year for that reason. I personally think he's going to come out and have a really great season. Like you said, I mean, if he doesn't, and, you know, honestly, I say if he's down below where he's been in two of his worst seasons, five and a half, four and a half sacks, if he's down in that range or below, that's when you start to question, is he somebody that you want to continue on with in the future? Because there are going to be opportunities to sign back other guys. Right. I mean, you know, and, and there's a lot of talent there. And now there's depth at edge rush. So, you know, there's not that excuse to make that, well, he can never really come out on a snap and give it his all because he's out there so much. He's just having to like give it 70%, a hundred percent of the time instead of a hundred percent, 70% of the time. Right. So I don't think he's, there's that excuse to be made for him now this season because they've got better depth and he's going to have that opportunity to come out, rest, go back in and really get after the quarterback on passing downs. So I just think uh, this next season is really going to tell us a lot about him. And I think that he'll shine. And he very well could. Uh, I mean, I hope that he comes out and is able to benefit from these other guys that we've added. One guy that I am going to say will definitely benefit from all the pieces added to our edge rush and defensive line is Jeffrey Simmons. For sure. He started out with, a, I feel like, a really good season last year. But then things started falling apart with our edge rushers, with our defensive line, and we started seeing him getting double and sometimes triple team. And we need that to stop this year because 
he's one of those guys that was pretty much commanding that respect with how he was fighting in the trenches. So when he's getting triple team, it's hard to beat that. You know, so I think this year with having Dupree, having Autry, hopefully Harold Landry is able to get back to, you know, that 8-10 to sack season. Jeffrey Simmons, I think, has it set up to where he's not going to be seeing many double teams, definitely not going to be seeing triple teams, and he can make some noise in stopping the run and possibly getting to the quarterback. I think he'll have his first Pro Bowl season this year. He definitely could, just with how dominant he is and the opportunity that he's going to have this season, he could have that, like, whoa, this might be like, almost second coming of Aaron Donald top season. Because that's some shoes to fill there. But it, it absolutely I, is. I, I understand but where you're coming is, from with he has that potential. To come in after the ACL injury and make a big enough statement that after what was really not a large sample size of playing, the coaching staff to say, we feel comfortable enough to move away from Jarrell Casey, that's saying a lot in my opinion. I agree, and then even after you know this this off season, we get rid of Daquan Jones. That, so uh, to me, they're saying a lot with you know. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just I think they're putting a lot of faith in him, and I think they see, and obviously other people see it too. I mean, he right. he cracked the top ten list for his position, the ESPN top ten list. Um, so everybody else sees it too. It's just a matter of time before he's, you know, one of the best two or three in the league. I agree, and because we're big Jeffrey Simmons fans, we love having him on that line. And you know, since he didn't have a lot of help, you know, it's we. I think we kind of hit on it last season. You know, we we just didn't hear much from him anymore, and you start wondering why. But you go back and look, and you see why. Again. It's hard to beat being triple teamed. <laughs> I mean, when exactly when an offensive line can commit three people to just stopping you, like there's not much you can do in that situation. I agree. So now he's. I feel like he's just going to get better this year. And even if teams try and double team him, you know, maybe he has some of this stuff that doesn't show up as far as stats, you know, in the stat book. But he just creates so much more for others that they're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, and so I think those are some guys that could exceed expectations. Um, as far as guys that are going to play under expectations, I don't really have any that just like stick out in my mind. I, there's obviously going to be guys that don't live up to expectations. It's hap- it happens every year, but I can't pinpoint who those people are. I'm going to – throw one out there and I I hate to do it but possibly Rashawn Evans see for me though like the reason that I wouldn't throw his name out there is because I'm not expecting a whole lot out of him you know I mean I could see but after last season you have the Titans didn't pick up his fifth year option you have Jayon Brown coming back on a one-year deal Rashawn Evans is on the last year of his deal with them. So basically two guys 
play him for their next contract, whether yeah. it be with the Titans or another team. And we've seen Rashawn Evans with all the penalties last year, most of the time in spots where we really didn't need those penalties because we would get a defensive stop and that penalty would just one in a million would just keep the opposing offense on the field and let them get all the momentum back. So coming into this year, I feel like people kind of, and I know you don't, but people would kind of expect a turnaround season from him. Like, Hey, you need to show us something. So he may not live up to those expectations. And again, I hate to say that because you know, I, I like having him out there, but at the same time, I would have. It's a, it's okay to not like people. I, no, I I like him, but I feel like the team would have been okay if they packaged him in a deal and let David Long step into that spot. So you're essentially saying you don't like him being there as as the starter <laughs> uh, at middle linebacker. Don't put words into my mouth. I'm just saying. I'm just saying you're awfully. If, if you're we, not hesitant at all to. Get him out of here. If we were going to pick, someone, just say you don't like Rashawn Evans. Like <laughs> if if we were, going I'm not to, the biggest fan either. I don't. We were. I don't we were think he should be one pick, of the starting middle linebackers. If we linebackers. were going to pick someone to have another down season, I could see it being him. I hope that he comes out and proves me wrong. I hope he comes out and has a the best season of his career. I don't because there's a lot of money to be saved well, <laughs> by putting David Long right. I mean, he can do the same thing, right, and then you you got again, Monty Rice. Even even if he comes out and has has that season, that doesn't mean that the Titans re-sign him. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot more push for them to re-sign him if he does have a good season. So, I still want to put you on the spot and see if you can name anyone. No, I I, I really don't have anyone. Um, I, I came into this actually with no players that I thought would, would be under expectations just because I don't necessarily know. I mean, I know there will be plenty – because there right. always is on every team. But I just – I don't know. And, but I feel like if you just say any of the rookies, it's yeah. kind of like a cop-out because, yeah, it's their first year and, like, we don't know what to expect. But some of these other guys that have been in the league a couple years, you know, you can build expectations for them because they've been through the off-seasons. They've been with the team. You've kind of seen what they're able to do so far. But – and that's why, you know, I just feel like – we could have easily went with rookies, but it's a cop out. And and I we, would say maybe Nate Davis. And my reasoning for that is because he's coming off of the big season last year, and I would think that with as young as he is, there's a lot of people that are going to see that big season from last year and say he's going to be even better next season, and might see a slight regression or him stay on that same plane. But you might not see him really take another step up. So that's why I might would say Nate Davis. I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I, I do have high hopes for him. I mean, and I have high hopes for LeJuan coming off the ACL injury too because, you know, his big thing coming into this past season was, you know, making sure he didn't get flagged for penalties. And he was doing really good. And then – all of a sudden, the ACL just decided to say nope. Yep. And so, you know, you can argue that you could have high hopes for him coming into this year that he's going to be able to stay on the path, you know, stay healthy 
and stay on the path of no penalties and just showing why he's our left tackle. <laughs> yeah. So now let's go and talk about uh, what is a team that you are excited to see this season just because maybe they have some new faces or, you know, really for any reason other than the Titans. And, you know, you're just excited to see how things work out for them or hopefully it's a team from the NFC and they're not going to be a team that's competing with the Titans. Um, Since I kicked off the players. I I mean, I've got my team. I can Uh, can go go ahead. ahead. It's absolutely 100% the Rams because I think they're going to make the Super Bowl in the NFC. And I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it out there. I think they're going to make the Super Bowl. I've got a bet on it and I'm 100% confident in it. Titans and Rams Super Bowl. Ooh, rematch. Yeah. I mean, I 100% (laughs) think it's going to happen. I think that Matthew Stafford is going to be a completely different quarterback. Detroit is a the, – the Detroit Lions uh, for all-star players are a soul-sucking, absolute – like make a good player a terrible career type of team. Right quick, I want to throw out there because I know we had a Lions fan comment on our last video. I mean, it – it kind of is what it is because we've seen, and, you know, it's no disrespect to the line. No, absolutely but, not. But yeah, like you, it's happened time and time again, like with Barry Sanders and with Megatron and with Matthew Stafford, like I've liked the lines because they've always had players that I've liked, but you know, there's players just, that are players that are kind of, kind of freaks because you have Sanders who with no offensive line and just, it's still able yeah, to do incredible things. I mean, put up, highlight after highlight after highlight of his runs and he was having to make something from nothing and then again megatron another guy who you just get the ball close to him he's he's gonna catch it he's got like a literally what was it like a three-car garage was his catch radius something insane like that but how many times have you actually seen teams take with another receiver and they actually line two corners up on him on the outside. Hey, that says all that you need to like know. You're, you're trying to keep him from getting to the outside with one, and then with the other, you're trying to keep him from getting to the inside. So you're lining these two guys up against him. Not to mention, you probably have safety help over the top. I mean, the guy was just a freak. And like you said, Matthew Stafford. Who is he, the toughest, most committed quarterback that I have seen in my life. He would play. He would play through a broken leg. He would play <laughs> through literally anything. You could break his throwing arm, and he would play. Now, obviously, I'm gonna be a little bit biased because Steve McNair and I did get to see him a little, you know, play more than you did, and he stuck it out through injuries. But yes, Stafford is one of those guys where if he feels like he can be out there. He's going to be out there. He'll show up and play in a game when he's injured. That doesn't even matter. Exactly. So, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of him, but it's like with the Lions, just they would have these pieces and they just wouldn't add a couple more to really try and help them And out. any Lions fans, like the, the, the one that commented on our last video, they should not be mad at me. They should be mad with me. For that their organization is that way because and, 
if you're a Lions fan watching this, you know, let us know your thoughts on that. Because again, we're not trying to disrespect the Lions at all, but it just seems like their franchise does have a reputation for having these really good players and just wasting their potential. You know, you have a couple of them that really retire in their prime. Yeah. From football because, you know, they're they're having to try and do it all for this team. And that's why I'm just glad that Matthew Stafford is getting another chance. And then they have Cam Akers. You know, they've, they've got good talent on offense, good wide receivers. Obviously, they've still got their pair of Cup and Robert Woods. And then they have Van Jefferson. They add Deshaun Jackson into the mix. Um, and really, it's just all around a solid team because their defense last season – was amazing and it's going to be amazing again they have, i mean you have aaron donald mm-hmm. and then you've got a solid secondary i mean really jalen ramsey darius williams and then just all around solid jordan fuller at safety just in my opinion they are one of the dark horse teams for the super bowl this next season that shouldn't be a dark horse at all like they're better than the tampa bay buccaneers they're better than the green bay packers they're better than anybody else in the NFC, in my opinion. I'm just glad that Stafford's getting another chance because I think he is definitely going to come out and show that he is an elite quarterback and that he was just in a bad situation. All right. I can uh, respect that. The Rams were one of the teams that I did uh, consider talking about because, you know, and they played the Titans in the regular season. So that's going to be, you know, one to watch, especially absolutely, especially if we could, you know, since we could possibly, and what we, I guess, would hope for, see a rematch in the Super Bowl to, you know, just kind of maybe get a little bit of closure from <laughs> yeah. the last. But, you know, how ironic would it be if those two ended up in the Super Bowl and obviously we would hope for a different outcome. But the team that I'm going to go with is – the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm going to go with them because... Let me guess. J.J. Watt. No, their offense... You realize that when the Titans play them, opening week, we could see A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, and if he decides to come back, Larry Fitzgerald... All on the field. Well, I not mean, at the same time. Well, not the same, but at one point they will be on the field, not going against each other per se, offense and defense. But you get where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, I, I, I know. Like the the Cardinals have added some pieces, and I'm excited to see their offense and see. I mean, Kyler Murray has more than just DeAndre Hopkins and. Larry Fitzgerald, he you're adding A.J. Green to the mix, who's been injury-prone, but he was used to kind of being the number one guy for the Bengals. Now he's coming to a team he doesn't have to be that number one guy. I believe that him and Julio, weren't they in the same draft class? If I'm Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I, don't I, know off the top of my head. I, I believe I'm thinking right on there. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know in the comments and let me know when each of them were drafted. Julio was back in 2011. I know that. But let me know when Green was. But, you know, just all this talent at receiver, I think it could be fun to watch. You know, 
them going against our defense and, of course, our offense going it against It might not be defense. fun to watch them going against our defense. Well, it, you never know. Especially the first, first game. And they've added Malcolm Butler, who you know I liked watching him play for the Titans. So, you mentioned J.J. Watt. Yes, we we like Watt. Didn't like him when we were playing against him, but I think he's a good player. He always gives everything he has out there on the field. So that would be another team that you know I'm I'm interested to watch and could have fun watching them. Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm excited for that opening game. Uh, just because they're going to be like a good test for to see if this Titans team is really legit. Because even though they don't have like you know a veteran proven quarterback, Kyler Murray is no joke. I mean he's he's decent, not top ten better than Ryan Tannehill. About you know, saying, we'll, we'll get to that in edged just a minute. Out Tannehill on the list, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I think it it would be a good matchup just to you know, I guess almost test the legitimacy legitimacy of this Titans team, especially the defense, really, more than anything. That's going to be a great test for them coming right out, playing, obviously, three great receivers. Larry Fitzgerald maybe don't classify him as, as great anymore, but once great and still great as far as football knowledge, maybe not as quick or right. anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be a great test and a fun game to see. It will be, and but again, I like that both of our teams, the Titans, are going to play them. So yeah, that's another thing that I kind of looked at because, you know, obviously we're going to be watching as much NFL as we can, but we're going to be more focused on the Titans games because you know we're doing pregame predictions and postgame reactions to them. But you know, that's just a team in the NFC that I'm interested interested to see with some of the additions that they made and see, you know, if Kyler Murray is able to improve. And I mean, really you have all these weapons on the outside. He, he won't have to run all the time. So it's going to be interesting. Is there a team from the AFC though, that you're kind of, Oh no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. uh, I Um, mean, there's a couple that, could be interesting. The Bengals for me. Okay, see, I was thinking the Bengals as well because just because I want to see how Burrow's going to be um, now that he's back from injury. Back from injury, has his receiver from college out there. Yeah. I mean so, that that was one that I was thinking uh, that could be uh, an interesting team to see. So let's. I mean, I've basically already said everything that I need to say about it, but. Ryan Tannehill absolutely snubbed on the top 10 list. Just go ahead and go through the list just so they – I agree almost with everything up until, the like, the final two. Up until the final two? And, like, you okay. could you, – well, now, I listen, you could make an argument to say that Tannehill could be above eight and seven. All right, so let's go through this. And this is in order. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson – Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and then Kyler Murray. So now, you could make an argument that Ryan Tannehill could be above Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and then also above Dak Prescott. Yes. 
you now I'd say they're interchangeable there. You could make an argument either way and it'd be a fair argument. Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray, that is just downright disrespectful to Ryan Tannehill. I agree. Justin Herbert, for one, has played one season. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, only two. It's it's just not right because they're not better. They're not. They won't be this next season. They weren't last season. Justin Herbert was in college the season before that. <laughs> so, just in my opinion, Ryan Tannehill should at least be sitting at number nine. And then an argument could be made for a spot or two higher. I, I agree. I mean, he should at least be above Herbert and Murray. Um, I'll say for sure that he should be above Lamar. My reasoning for this, going to upset some Ravens fans, but, I mean, all he does really is run. Yes, he can you know, throw. But listen, he, he plays the quarterback position, and he does it now, albeit in a way that is not conventional. But the the way that he goes about it works for him in their offense, and he's pretty successful with it. I mean, he's won an MVP, and, you know, he's... Has he made it past the divisional round of the playoffs? Has... Okay. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, just my opinion on this. If you're looking at total package for quarterback, because you're ranking the quarterbacks... He he runs more. Yes, he can throw down the middle of the field. I mean, when he's throwing to his tight end or someone coming on a crossing route, yes, he's pretty good. And yes, he can make he can get explosive plays with his legs. But when you look overall at quarterbacks, you also want someone who can throw outside the numbers consistently. Mahomes, he can move around and make any throw i mean <laughs> all, all the throws let's just let's put it that way aaron Rodgers is pretty much the original patrick mahone i mean he may not be able to move around as much now not saying he's he, sneaky athletic he is not but when he was younger that's why i'm saying you know you compare his younger self moving around and making throws to patrick mahomes in my opinion tom brady all you have to say Russell Wilson as he's I mean if he had an offensive line that could really protect him could see him still playing at probably an even higher level but most of the time you still see him in MVP talks he has a Super Bowl under his belt I mean and that's that's kind of the thing with these top four guys I mean they 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 have a Super Bowl they've been able to help their team get there. They've won one. Now, Josh Allen, you've given him a weapon in Stephon Diggs, and I do believe that he has a lot of arm talent as well. So I'm fine with him rounding out the top five there. Matthew Stafford, just what he's done throughout his career, his toughness, how he stays out there, going to a new a new team with Probably, well, I will say with better weapons, I feel like, than what the Lions had. He could easily be in that sixth spot. I mean, it. I might argue a little bit that he could also, with the past couple of years... You're, you're a hater. You're no, a hater. No, no, You're no. a Matthew Stafford hater. I, I said that I like him. Like, Would you trade Ryan Tannehill for Matthew Stafford right now? No. Would you? Yes. 
You're lying. I your would. Tape. I would trade You're Ryan Tannehill. I would tape. trade Ryan yep. Tannehill for Matthew Stafford right now. Okay, whatever. Now, you get to Dak. I mean, it's kind of hard to say there because, like you said, you could argue that they could be interchangeable. But I, I at least do believe that Tannehill goes above Lamar because Tannehill is kind of sneaky athletic. I mean, we've seen in Green Bay. Oh, yeah, he's athletic for I sure. Mean, he played wide receiver in college. Right. So he can get out and run the ball and make some guys miss, get in the end zone, and he can throw outside the numbers. He can throw to the middle of the field. I just feel like he's more well-rounded than Lamar. So I feel like that's a reason you have to put him above Lamar. Came in, gave the Titans a spark back in 2019. They were able to get to the AFC Championship game. People thought, okay, he's going to come back this next season. You know, he probably won't be able to do as good, but guess what? He exceeded expectations again. Like, the slander on Ryan Tannehill has to stop. He's with this Titans team now. He's, you know, I guess you could say revitalized his career since coming to Tennessee. Absolutely. So, I mean, I feel like he at least needs to be in that eight spot, and you could argue putting him up to possibly six, but more so at least seven. Okay, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a respectable argument for sure. Now, the Matthew Stafford slander from this side <laughs> of the table has got to stop. Um, it's honestly almost as bad as – what's happening to Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> I would argue that Matthew Stafford could be higher on the list. You think he could be? By the end of this season, I think that people will look back and say, Matthew Stafford could have been – he easily could have been fifth on that list. Okay. Maybe fourth. I, that's – I could see where you're coming from with that. Maybe switching him and Josh Allen out. Maybe switching him and Russell Wilson out. Possibly. I mean, we'll see them play twice a year now. So. Exactly. But – Again, you know, we kind of we're on the same page, but we do differ a little there. Everyone in our comments, go down. Let us know where you think Tannehill could have ranked or should have ranked on that list. Do you think that he's you know more in the nine or ten range? Do you think he's eight, or could you do you kind of agree with me and say you could make an argument for him jumping up to that six or seven spot? And how do we feel about Matthew Stafford? Because <laughs> yeah. Would you would you trade Ryan Tannehill for Matthew Stafford? And I know one pretty much 100% of the comments are going to say no, but I don't care because I would. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I've got to talk about. I don't know if you've got anything else to add in. I think that's all I've got. Thanks for watching. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.